Friday, beautiful music, Jason Derulo, Trumpets. It's still such a kicking song. Thank you so much to Gareth and the gang back again on a Monday. Hey, my name is Andrew Levy. Welcome to the show. It is Cliff Central on a Friday morning. Now, you might have heard about uh, the protests that happened uh, earlier on this week in Jeppistown. Uh, and if you didn't, uh, we're going to give you a little bit of spice as to what's been going down in Jeppistown. It's been quite crazy. Um, people going mad, police brutality, and uh, we were there. I was uh, fortunate enough to be there. I say fortunate because it was an incredible experience. Uh, another gentleman who was there as well is uh, none other than Daily Mavericks, Greg Nicholson. He's in studio with us, and he's joining us. We're going to try and uncover exactly what went down, who the culprits are, and uh, what happens from here. We're going to be speaking to the city of Johannesburg. We're going to be speaking to some property owners. Uh, it's it's going to be a packed, packed show. If you didn't hear what happened uh, on Wednesday, then have a listen to this. Moving on, the situation remains tense in Jeppe's town in the Johannesburg CBD. Running battles between residents and police. A community vents its rage. Chaos erupted earlier today when a protest turned violent. It's buildings like this one, known as Guatugatole, that are at the center of the storm. Where will we go if we have to leave this place? We've been living here for 15 years. Foreign nationals are forced to flee. Tensions that seem to be rooted in the city of Johannesburg's ongoing crisis. We are not willing to go out uh, on that on those buildings without a, 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 a place where we're going to live. Legally occupied and mostly run down inner city buildings. This protest perhaps signals the boiling over of tensions that have been simmering for several years now. So that was just a little bit of what happened on Wednesday throughout the day. Bullets being fired in every direction, looting going on. It was, uh, it had all uh, the ingredients of a typical South African protest in the studio today. Uh, we are joined by none other than Greg Nicholson. He is a Daily Maverick correspondent as well as a Cliff Central presenter. Good morning, Greg. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Yeah, man. Uh, pretty crazy visuals and scenes and, uh, and the rest happening on uh, Wednesday throughout the day. Yeah, well, I guess it was sort of crazy. Um, we see a lot of protests around Johannesburg in the country every single day. I think on that day there were three or four across Gauteng alone. But was so di- what was so different about this one was that it was happening in Johannesburg in the CBD and right close to the Mambaneng district, which is a precinct, you know, an up-and-coming creative area for, for young professionals and the hip place to party. There's an interesting uh, historical angle here around uh, Jeppe's town and uh, the Jeppe hostel specifically. I mean, it's it's actually unbelievable to think that 21 years after you know apartheid ended and democracy came, that we still have men's hostels, which were specifically put in place by the apartheid government to feed the mines. I mean, surely these things should have been closed down or revamped or redeveloped. I think everyone just sort of forgot about them once apartheid ended. Whoever was in charge of managing them seems to have just let them let them stay. And and often there's sort of uh, traditional authorities or, or sort of informal leaders set up in these places who have quite um quite strict and even militarized leadership structures. And it's very hard to sort of get rid of them. You have to have quite a consultative process, and they're very um almost militarized in these barracks. And 
But what's happened is often we, with whoever was in charge of managing them has seemed to just, just let them dilapidate. And, uh, for example, the Jeppies hostel is in a terrible, terrible condition. I think I was telling you the other day, the first time I went there, um, I had a few drinks with some friends there and ended up, I was so shocked, I was so shocked at the conditions in the, in the JP men's hostel. I was actually, and I've been to a lot of places, but I was so shocked at these conditions. I ended up afterwards getting so drunk and drunk tweeting as well, as well in Zimavavi, telling him, you know, you're a worker's leader. You have to go down and do something. Like it's quite shocking. And there's other hostels around, around the province and the whole country that are in the same situation. They're, they're an abomination. There's 660 units uh, in the Jeppies Hostel. Now, this is a men's hostel traditionally, uh, but now families do live there. No, no, and women can't go in there. But but there are women in there. No, no, no I've, I've never seen any women there. I've been told no women can go there. It is, I mean, on Wednesday, going down the streets of Jeppies Town, um, and, and I work there, so that, that's why I was brought into this craziness of the Jeppie protest. Um, that hostel just... It, you know, it looks like a cent, as you say, a central barracks. It's crazy. And there's, you know, so there's 660 units, as we're saying, and there's at least 3,000 people, mm. at least, mm. living in this space. Uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on how many are, are unemployed or, or, um, are still work? I mean, the, the working versus unemployed kind of statistic on that. I wouldn't know. For, from the people I know there, a lot of them are working, but in, um, quite low paying jobs. Um, obviously the hostel, hostels are traditionally set up to support migrant, the migrant labor system. And so back in apartheid and stuff, you would have had to be in working. But now, now you just get sort of young guys, cousins of residents living there and things like that who just turn up and look for work. Most of the people I know there are working or doing some sort of, um, either study or, or sort of piecemeal jobs. But, but it's, it's, I think talking about the sort of militarized structure of the JP hostel, it's, it's quite, quite interesting because it really is, is like that. And even, even a lot of hostels played quite a, a large influence both in the 90s violence around Johannesburg between Nkata and ANC supporters as well as in the 2008 xenophobic attacks. It's a very IFP space, isn't it? It is. You've got these old posters of Mangasutu Butelezi who... <laughs> when he was about 40. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> Okay, take us back, Greg. Uh, we, we, we've kind of jumped into it here at Cliff Central. It's 10 past nine. You're with Andrew Levy on the Konza Show. Um, get involved. We're talking about the JEPI protest, what went down, and who's actually responsible for it. Because there was a lot of discussion. Mabaneng's, you know, the Mabaneng precinct was brought into it, and I think that is false. Uh, we're talking about the ins and outs of it, and, and what do we do about this? Of course, if you've got a comment, 0861-555-189, give us a call, or tweet us at yebo underscore levy or at cliffcentral.com. We're speaking about Jeppy's protest. Uh, check the hashtag as well, Jeppy protest. Um, take us back, Greg. What what were the, what happened? What were the events that went down that caused this massive uprising? I think we have to start with the residents living in these buildings around Jeppy. So there there was it's it's a largely a former industrial area where there's a lot of factories and things like that, and then. A lot of these buildings over the years have somehow been converted into, into little units. So, so there are sort of cinder block structures throughout these buildings and, and there's little rooms that people live in. So it's a, sort of, if you can imagine a former factory that now has these little rooms throughout there. And recently, it's, it's quite difficult, we've found, to get a lot of the details behind these sort of things. But what's clear is that some buildings, um, tenants recently got, um, eviction notices. So they saw that, you know, obviously they're angry. They're thinking that they say there wasn't any sort of consultation process as far as they know. And they're angry that they're going to get thrown out onto the streets. And we have to remember that this is, this is quite a, um, marginalized area, you know, it's sort of, sort of a reasonably impoverished area. It's, it's not the best area around there. 
And so, so what happened was the community decided to, to respond with a protest on Wednesday morning, started early, early in the morning. And that follows a similar strategy they took in 2011 when they got, um, some different residents around the area got eviction notices and they protested. And then eventually the city, I think, I think stopped. I don't know a whole lot about the 2011 protest, but they stopped the eviction process. So I guess they're trying it again, got eviction notices, went out on the, onto the streets. Had sort of running battles throughout the day with the police. Um, some of the men from the hostel came up and were involved, and and it 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 ended up, I guess, with a community meeting where I think it was the city. It was it was hard to find all these in details, you know. <laughs> and so you have Andunas, you know, from from the hostels and things like that, and then the city representatives coming and promising more consultation, which they actually have tried to do already. And, and, and as well as other, other sort of things to try and thwart this eviction process. But, but right now we're, we're counting down to eviction date. Um, and, and we don't know what's going to happen, whether these people are going to get kicked out, whether there's going to be more protests. We actually don't know what's going to happen. So just to summarize, basically, uh, eight to 11 buildings in JP's town got served eviction notices. Um, that's what we hear. I've only seen one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the reason they were then protesting, um, the evictees was because of lack of communication, um, shortage of housing and no counselor presence. Hmm. Let's just talk or, a little or, bit. Or, or communication from the, these new business owners or developers. Okay. So let's just talk a little bit about the counselor and the responsibility of the city of Johannesburg. What is the responsibility of the city of Johannesburg in this case for evictions to happen in uh, in South Africa and in Johannesburg? Well, obviously, it's it's different uh, when it comes to either private private ownership or whether it's a government-owned building. If it's a government-owned building, they have to provide um, alternative accommodation to anyone who might be destitute if you're evicted from a house. You can't just kick someone out and and let them go on the streets. There's there's been court cases again and again that have proved that. Um, I think the, this, in this case, the city says that these are privately owned buildings. And so what they've done is they're starting to mediate between the police, um, community leaders, and they're trying to get property, um, the property developers and the owners there. But as yet, they haven't been able to secure any meetings with them. So I think whenever there's a community concerns and things like that, the city has to step in and has to try and address these concerns. But I think when it comes to private land and things like that, they have to take a more long-term approach to make sure it's inclusive and and all sort of development is inclusive of particularly marginalized individuals, while at the same time pushing um, for low-cost and affordable housing. Is it is it the job of the COJ to actually provide housing, even if you're illegal? So you've taken over a building. You're you're now a resident of this building. Greg's looking at me perplexed. I'm asking him all these hard questions, and he's like, "Mate, I'm just a photographer, journalist. You know, um, left my law degree at home. Let Sorry, Levy. Uh, let me let me let me let me backtrack. I believe it is to my mind that it is the responsibility of the city of Johannesburg to actually provide housing. Um, to residents, regardless of whether they're illegal or not, uh, if they get evicted. I think my understanding was that it depends on whether, whether whose, whose land it is. So, so if the property is owned by the government and the city, then I think they do have to provide alternative accommodation. But if it's private land, the city sort of seems to try and engage, but largely wash their hands of the situation and, and not take responsibility for, for rehousing these people. But I think it would be great to get the city on the line. Yeah, we're going to try and get, uh, some, someone from the city of Johannesburg online. We've got, uh, in that DC, uh, deputy director of communications. He's going to be speaking to us in a little bit. We've also got, uh, a gentleman by the name of 
Emmanuel. And uh, so, so Tommy, he is supposedly leading this new uh, revolution of uh, city of Johannesburg um, buildings. Um, so when people get evicted, he's the kind of guy that's moving them all around and, and making okay. this thing. So we're going to try to get them on the line at the moment. Uh, I believe in Tatisi is on the line. And... Um, let, let's let's pull him up right now and just find out from his perspective what's going on. Intatisi, uh, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Give us your view as to what happened on on Wednesday. No, the, our view is that uh, the thing that happened on Wednesday was unfortunate. Hence, as the city, we are trying to. Um, uh, convene a series of meetings with all stakeholders so that we can uh, find a way to come out, come with a plan uh, and a resolution that will uh, at least remedy that situation. What has happened is that there are three uh, properties in the in that uh, precinct uh, which have been uh, uh, bought by private uh, developers. And what, what, what we were told by residents is that they received uh, notices, uh, eviction notices, um, that they must vacate uh, those properties by a certain date. So what we're trying to do, we're speaking to the leadership of the community, we're trying to uh, meet with uh, those property owners so that we establish exactly uh, how to take this process forward. And Tatisi is speaking to Greg Nicholson from the Daily Maverick here. Um, there's been a little bit of confusion amongst these protests, and I think in South Africa in general, about about the the responsibility of the city when when people get evicted from housing. Is the city responsible for for providing alternative accommodation for for people when they get evicted from housing um, in all cases, or is it just when it's um, municipally municipal owned land? The the city uh, is not really in the business of uh, evicting people. Okay. The city's uh, responsibility is to try to provide services uh, to its residents. So what happened, there is a case uh, which has set a particular precedent, uh, which uh, was had uh, by the Concord, uh, the Blue Moonlight case, whereby uh, a ruling was uh, saying in cases where uh, private uh, developers or private people who own buildings uh, are evicting uh, people for whatever reason. Uh, the city's uh, role is to try to see uh, that the well-being of those people is uh, taken care of in terms of uh, provision of um, uh, what uh, the court termed a, 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 a temporary uh, shelter. And that temporary shelter is a temporary shelter in a sense that uh, a person can be there temporarily so that they find themselves a, a, an alternative accommodation. So, so what we have is the city. We have uh, some shelters uh, that are there in the inner city uh, where we, uh, uh, on a temporary basis, uh, uh, provide uh, uh, that assistance. But uh, there are legal uh, debates. Uh, in terms of the definition of what the court has uh, has ruled, uh, because some of the human rights lawyers are arguing that uh, uh, the temporary 
arrangement should be in a particular way and that the way we analyze it as a city, we see it in a particular way. So there is a long debate that is standing around all those issues. In Tatisi, uh, let, me just, still- let me just come in here if you don't mind. Um, mm. When you say try to accommodate, don't you mean by law you need to accommodate people? And if they're illegal... Uh, in in that um, occupying a building, for example, and they get evicted, do you still need to, by law, find accommodation for them? No. What is happening is that uh, there are temporary shelters uh, that the city uh, make uh, available uh, on case by case. Uh, it's not to say um, because uh, financially you would be killing uh, a whole lot of, of municipalities when you say municipalities would have to have all properties available that are vacant that can accommodate people that are in That's not how we interpret uh, uh, the ruling. The and ruling says, the, ruling says uh, the city must come in and assist uh, and, 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 and assist those people with temporary shelter, and that's what the city is doing case by case. And then, how, how do you decide on this case-by-case basis? Who who gets temporary shelter and who doesn't? Uh, what 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 happens is that uh, in, 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 in these cases, what we, we do, we go uh, and we assess uh, the situation of people in terms of their uh, financial situation and uh, and all of that. And then we we look at what's available in the in the space and then we allocate accordingly. So what has been happening is that, yes, there are debates, there are arguments, and we are working as, as hard as possible to make sure that we assist where we, we, we have resources to do so. Okay, we, uh, if you've just joined the show, we are speaking uh, to Intatisi, and please uh, pronounce uh, your surname for me. I'm, I'm very bad at this. Modi Khaune, is that correct? Modingwane. Modingwane, okay. Modingwane. So I'm learning in Tatisi. He's the di- Deputy Director of Communications for the City of Johannesburg. We're speaking about the evictions that happened uh, in Jeppistown on Wednesday, uh, the big protest that went down because of evictions that are planned. Uh, and we're trying to get an understanding from the City of Johannesburg as to what they're going to be doing about it. I'm speaking, I'm in studio here with Greg Nicholson. He's from the Daily Maverick. Ndatizi, just tell me, in terms of this uh, temporary accommodation on a case-by-case basis, are there any basics that need to be there? So is it electricity? Is it water? Um, What's the story? Or is it just effectively a roof over someone's head? No, what what, what, what happens at this uh, shelter? It's a shelter that has uh, uh, all uh, basic services, uh, toilets, uh, water, uh, and a bed for, for, for people to, to, to stay in until they find themselves um, a, a, a stable accommodation. And to DC, I've just got two two quick questions to add on to that. First of all, it seems like the city of Johannesburg is going through a bit of a development phase where we have buildings being bought in the downtown area and people looking to provide either low or medium cost housing. Can you tell us mm-hmm. how how can we ensure that that is done um, that is in a way that is inclusive to the people already living there and and poor residents around some of these areas? That's my first question. Secondly, um, obviously, when we're talking about Jeppy, one of the big um, issues there is the Jeppy Men's Hostel. Can you tell us about the city's plans for the Jeppy Men's Hostel and and what, what's your view on that? No, the the the, 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 the hostel itself as part of the uh, ongoing hostel refurbishment. Uh, 
the long-term plans are to maintain and uh, and make sure that we uh, we develop uh, um, uh, proper uh, accommodation so that we don't have the the, the old system of uh, 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 one sex or same sex uh, 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 properties uh, like we did with other hostels in Deep uh, Blue and other areas. Uh, that's the that's the long-term plan. But um, talking about uh, the need to make sure that uh, development happens in such a way that uh, um, it doesn't compromise our people, it is, that's the priority that the city is looking at. Hence, we we, we were concerned about the the Wednesday uh, 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 incident, and uh, we've been in a series of meetings uh, since then. Uh, to try to get all the parties to the table so that we, we are able to say, um, uh, even though we uh, uh, promote uh, investment into the inner city where people come in, put in their money uh, to uh, to make a, 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 a meaningful investment, we need to find a way of uh, balancing uh, that uh, with uh, the need of the people because... Uh, Housing is a social issue that is uh, very uh, close to our heart. Hence, as a city, we through the uh, Johannesburg uh, Social Housing Company, we are in a process of trying to increase uh, the, 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 the stock uh, so that we are able to um, uh, cater uh, for people that require social housing. Because some of the people... They don't really need IORPTs. They're not here uh, to to stay long. They're here for economic opportunities. Uh, and some of the people that come to Johannesburg are seasonal workers. They come mm-hmm. uh, to Johannesburg mm-hmm. for for a particular period and leave to their provinces as well. So there is a need sorry, from the city. So, we're starting to run out of time. Can I just interrupt you for a second? I just want to ask quickly before we have to let you go. Um, you're talking about the hostel redevelopments. Can you give us a time frame for what's going to be happening to the hostel and and what what we should expect? Uh, what sort of time frame and will we see something like family units uh, or, or what can we expect? Now, at the moment, I don't have the exact time frames for the GP in particular. Uh, but, uh, uh, yes, the plan is to look at the family uh, unit uh, model uh, so that we able to uh, to assist the people that are staying there. Uh, and when we go the family uh, unit uh, 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 concept, it's a, it's a social housing uh, model where there is uh, f- uh, some form of renter uh, for people that, are, that would be staying in those uh, developed uh, properties. And Tatisi, just lastly, do you think that... Um the communication was well handled about these evictions. If, uh, for example, you do the JP Hostel and you need to evict people, I mean, there's there's close to 3,000 people. What is the process that you will follow in order to ensure that this kind of a protest and anger doesn't happen again? Now, from from, from the city side, we, we, we don't think that uh, the, the issue was handled properly in terms of uh, communicating to people because... Uh, uh, the, the, the information was not even shared with the city. Uh, it's a situation where a private developer uh, acquires a building from another private developer and decides to uh, action a particular uh, action. And uh, from where we're sitting, we want to uh, close those uh, loopholes and uh, so that people, uh, even if it's a private matter, because uh, 
people invest their own hard-earned cash in some of these uh, projects. Uh, we need to open up uh, uh, communication uh, uh, doors so that we are able to, uh, uh, in that process, be able to communicate to people effectively to say what are the plans uh, going forward for a particular area. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Ntatisi, the eviction order happens through the South Gauteng High Court. Uh, a sheriff's notice is given to the evictees. That sounds like it's uh, very uh, governmental and uh, municipal. Now, obviously, you're a big organization and you've got a lot of different departments, mm. but surely you guys need to be speaking to it. How is it possible that, as the city of Johannesburg, you have no idea that these evictions are taking place? And, and, and just to add into this, the one eviction notice they have seen, the second respond, the first respondent on, on the eviction notice was the illegal occupiers of the building. The second respondent was actually the city of Johannesburg. Now let's 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 just clarify uh, these these matters uh, properly um, in terms of uh, uh, eviction orders. Orders are granted by the court of law, uh, and it's not in all cases where we will be able to uh, to be represented in cases uh, that are involving private eviction. Uh, at times we uh, we get notified uh, at a later stage once the order has been granted. And granted, we, we, we want to improve uh, uh, on those issues to be able to effectively intervene uh, as early as possible in some of the cases. But uh, knowing uh, that people who have uh, interest uh, and have invested their own money, they would go at length to try and, 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 and make sure that other opposing uh, institutions I kept this day as possible, but we will try as a city to make sure that we uh, we intervene as quickly as possible in some of these matters. So, are you saying that you were aware of some of the evictions <coughs> since you were the second respondent? No, we were not aware. So then, who was who was the second respondent the from thing, the, the city of Johannesburg? The thing is, you can put a a, a respondent, uh, and you find that at the, at at a certain point, there's no need to someone that particular uh, uh, respondent uh, in that case. Uh, and uh, and uh, the court uh, looks at what you've presented uh, in front of them, and they feel it's sufficient to be able to conclude a case. Uh, and in some cases, it does happen. But what we say is that with this one, uh, there were challenges, and uh, we want to close those gaps and make sure that uh, we deal with these issues effectively from the uh, onset. Ntatisi, that's uh, where we're going to have to leave it for today. Thank you so much for joining us. That was Ntatisi uh, Morehuane, Deputy Director of uh, Communications for the City of Johannesburg. Uh, of course, there are different um, discussions going on here. There's, there's a whole bunch of different angles, different viewpoints when it comes to uh, the JP protest. I think that's what amazes me, Greg, so much about this whole thing is that you've got the people who are being evicted. You've then got the police who used incredible amounts of force. I mean, I was shot at with rubber bullets. You've then got uh, foreign nationals who had to escape for their lives. You've then got business owners in the area who are getting looted. I mean, it's it's a it's a minefield, isn't it? And all at once, it's in it's it's sort of um, taking place with the backdrop of city redevelopment, um, particularly around the Marwaneng area, which has seen rapid rapid development. So it's fascinating with all this sort of stuff going on. It's almost like a microcosm 
microcosm of larger issues in the country. Well, I mean, that was the one interesting thing. We, we, we heard the songs from some of the evictees and they're like, we want to meet Maboneng, Mr. Maboneng. We want to, uh, we want to try sushi in, in Maboneng, which I really loved. Um, but, there was a lot of animosity and hosti- hostility towards Maboneng, and but, particularly but, sort of white journalists like us. I think people would just say, hey, Maboneng, what was it, Maboneng? <laughs> Meaning you, you know, like. But now, the, the truth is, Maboneng had nothing to do with this, did they? I mean, they, they're not buying the buildings. They've completely denied it, and we've seen no evidence that they're involved at all. And I, I don't see why they would be. I don't think it's quite their area to get involved. Well, let's speak to a community spokesperson. Um, Baba Lalilane is from Jepistan. He speaks on behalf of, of the community. Um, Baba Lalilane Sanborn. Hello, Baba. Gunjan. Hello, Baba. Okay. Okay. Um, so, Lalane, you are from from Jepistan. Give us an understanding of what went down in your mind on Wednesday uh, th- through the day. In fact, in fact, this thing, this story started on twenty on twenty eleven, up until uh, on this week uh, uh, on Wednesday, because like it, it, what what is happening? It it it, it was choking. When we're getting uh, information from the city of Johannesburg that they sell it, 38 building to Umaboning. Thereafter, the eviction started. Uh, and uh, the, the question is, if they are evicting people, where is another alternate accommodation for the people who are staying on that building? We are not refusing to get um, a development. And another thing that is making me so shocked is that uh, the one that was talking uh, on behalf of the city of Johannesburg, he said he's going to intervene. When he's going to intervene? And the, the Mamoneng people, they said they don't know about eviction. Yesterday, it was uh, um, on Main and, 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 and Street, people being evicted. If we go there and asking who's evicting you, when we go to those people, they said they are, they are under Maboneng, but Maboneng, he said he don't know any, any, any eviction because they, they are already done their job. Who is in charge, in fact? So you, you uh, and uh, on behalf of the community are saying that you believe it's, it's Maboneng. We have information to believe that it's actually not the Maboneng uh, precinct that's involved in these evictions specifically. Um, in fact, it's, it's a company called EGC Properties. Now, and, and we will speak to them a little bit later, but let's just talk a little bit about the anger right now. You know, yeah. what's the feeling on the ground? Are, are, are people, you know, we saw that there was a community meeting Wednesday afternoon. Is that enough? Are, are people satisfied with that? What's the way forward from here? Yeah, in fact, like today, as I was speaking to, uh, I'm, I'm just approaching one of the people that is involved in of eviction. I will to meet with them and asking them some questions because people that said, if they don't have the solution now, they're going to make it this thing worse than what we see on Wednesday. Now, Lalani, the, the other... And, uh, and, and, and even me, as a community leader, I'm prepared even to go to jail if this thing is, is never being solved in time. Because we are running out of time. The eviction order is set 24. If you can see short time, and then we, we're going to see what is going to happen. Now, what what was the communication that was given to to community members about these evictions? What? Sorry, come again. What was the communication that was given to you 
about these eviction notices? Was was there enough communication? Was there no communication? Uh, has the councillor been speaking to you? Uh, what's been the communication? You know what is happening? Our ward councillor never spoke to us. Peter of Johnsburg never spoke to us. Even the High Court he never called us to the, to, 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 to the High Court to discuss this issue because it, it's there that they're coming from the uh, High Court so to deliver this uh, notice. So never even communicate with us. So we need a, a proper communication with the people and we need to, uh, we, need to if we, win, if we want to see uh, Street of Johnsburg come in. We want to see those uh, private developers to come in and discuss with us with the community and uh, we come up with a, with a resolution. But this this thing is just imposing us to say, hey, on this stage we are going at, what is going to happen to those people? And another thing is, is it's going to bring social to us. I, I can make it in a typical example. 301 Marshall Street. The owner, the previous owner, was a China person. The China person is going all over to, 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 their, place, um, to their country. Who's the, who's, who's, now... These people that said they buy it, they bought this place to the owner. Who's the owner? Because the, the person who was owning this, this property before is not around in South Africa. If, the city, if we go to the city of Brunswick and then we ask them to, to, to communicate with this guy, that we, they, don't, they don't find it. But this new developer, they said they found it where? Greg here. That's a big question. Oh. Where did they find that Lalani, speaking to Greg here, um, one of the problems here seems, seems to be that actually we have a lot of these buildings, um, they seem to have, the property seems to have changed hands or we're not sure who owns them, but, but no one's actually telling the residents of these buildings what's going on. And it seems like these buildings are just being used and traded without anybody, anybody informing the residents. Have you noticed that? I, w- I was saying it seems like what we have here is that either the city or or private property owners are trading these buildings, selling them and buying them um, between each other, but then the re- residents never seem to be informed as to what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And 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 do you have any sort of um, sort of communication with property owners? Because it seems to be you told me yesterday that a lot of residents are paying their rates, water and electricity, but they're not paying rent. Yeah, like what, what is happening here? One of the buildings that you, is around, you know, or other buildings, they're paying, not paying rent. They're paying only service, water and electricity. We are not renting. Why we are not renting? Because we are approaching a city of Brunswick and ask, asking them, look at guys, the owner of this building running away because of, of, of his death. So now we are preparing as a community to pay services because you can't just stay in the in the in, in area where we are using a, a, a system to service water and electricity without paying it. And the opening is opening for us in in um in account for water and opening for us in account for electricity. Every month they're giving us an amount that we're supposed to pay and we give the due to Even even one one month. We are not in areas. They're paying every month. Okay, Lalani, I just want to bring up one last issue with you. Uh, the police used a, a lot of force uh, on Wednesday. They were citing that they were, they were trying to stop the looting and, and keep uh, the, the peace. Do you think that um, that was fair? Do you think that um, the police used the, the correct amount of force? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Sorry? 
Do you think the police were shooting rubber bullets at uh, some of the residents of JP's town? Do you think that was fair um, in response to the looting that was going on? Uh, it, for, for, for shooting, to me, it's not fair. Because what is happening? The time people that are starting looting, police are there. Why don't you catch them? Why don't you want them not doing this thing? Than to, to, to prefer to shoot them. I, I even I even asked the people who are in charge on the day, why, why would you like this? Because if we're starting shooting people, like it was happening on Wednesday, kids who are going to school, and those kids are on hospital, what is going to happen to them with their education? Because they are not part of the march. Then the march, those people who are marching who are never stop people to go to work. They never stop people to go to school. But the police stop the people to go to work and stop the people to, to go to school. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, making, it's making us being so angry because even today, they are so angry just because of those things. And we did see that the other day with, with young girls. I think it was a nine-year-old girl or something like that was shot with a rubber bullet. But, uh, Alani, I just want to ask before we let you go, um, there's, there's a lot of anger from the residents around Jeppe against the Maboning precinct and the, the Maboning, um, owners and developers are being blamed for these evictions. Yet, yet the evidence we've been able to find is that it's actually other property developers from outside, um, not connected at all to the Maboning group. Yet at the same time, with with these Jeppe residents blaming um, people involved with the Maboneng precinct and the Maboneng area, are you not worried that that perhaps some Jeppe residents could take their anger out on on perhaps employees of of um, shops in Maboneng or or people involved in Maboneng, even even though they weren't involved in this case? Yeah, it, it, this thing is, is going to continue because Maboneng is not involved in the community when it comes to develop, this development of them. If we can go there and, and check how many people who are staying here at Pakistan who are working at Mahoney, even when it comes to construction of the buildings around the area, they are not involved or, or, or on that development. There is no communication with the people and, uh, and, and, uh, and the developers, or if you like Mahoney, as I as I see. And uh, they claim that they, they, they're employing 50% of the people of Pakistan. The, of the they are lying. They are lying. I'm 100% sure they are lying. If we can go one of the of the shop and ask them who is staying at city, where they are staying. Right. And uh, uh, and they call, there is a, this concept they call it um uh, uh from the government thing. It's confusing. It's confusing when it comes to Maboning. It's confusing because if they said particular when they do this thing of particular, when they they, they communicate with us as as a community of Kipistan, of, of Kipistan. All right, Lalani, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, we we hope you uh, come to a resolution on this, a safe resolution, and we hope the people of Jeppistown uh, remain safe and can find a positive outcome from this. Thank you so much for speaking to us today. Uh, we're just hoping, like we are opening our hands. If nobody wants to come to talk to us, we are, we are ready. If the people don't, but they open, they, come, they want to talk to us, we are open their hands. And even those people, they come with their private uh, developers, we want to talk to them. We want them on, on the board, we want to talk to them, and we want these things to be resolved as soon as possible. All right. If this thing is happening on the 24th of, of, of this month, they're going to evict people. Hey, I, I want them.
I want them. I'm, I, I repeat again, I want them. Lalani, thank you so much for speaking to us, and we will pass those messages on to the owners of uh, Maboneng and potentially other property owners in the area. Uh, very interesting, Greg. It seems like th- there's a pitfall here. If you've just joined us, I, I know it might be a little bit confusing to follow, um, but effectively there was a big march on Wednesday uh, in Jeppe's town, a historical um, area in terms of uh, the apartheid era. That's where the Jeppe's hostel is. If you've never been there, it's an absolute... Uh, Mind screw, I must be honest. Um, but we're trying to get to the bottom of this, trying to find out exactly what's going on. Who's to blame for what seems to be the eviction, uh, of, of a number of buildings in the area for illegal, um, occupation? Um, Greg, you were there on Wednesday. Just a quick, uh, discussion before we go to our next guest on the police. Is that normal, what you what you saw there on Wednesday, or, or was there excessive force used? No, that was actually quite normal. In protests, police generally try to contain a crowd to a certain area and and uh, to keep them off main roads, to keep them away from um, busy sort of shopping thoroughfares and things like that. And if they can contain them, they're generally quite happy until either they get annoyed and decide we want to push them back, move them, or there's some sort of criminality going on. So in this case, there was sort of sort of minor looting going on from some of the some of the mechanic garage around that area and we saw the police sort of turn a blind eye for a little while and eventually you know they have to actually do something so what they do is they come in with full full sort of guns blazing rubber bullets not not live ammunition and just really shoot willy-nilly and and it's such a problem because i've seen people people have died from from rubber bullet wounds and the police it's almost like they're in a paintball i think one of the other journalists said it. it's like paintball you know they <laughs> it go really is. yeah yeah they, they go around and just sort of you know almost anyone they see it doesn't matter if you're walking home with bread you weren't involved in the protest at all if you yeah. just happen to be in the wrong place at the Long time, you'll get shot. And we even saw the other. I've never. Seen, this is one thing I've never seen before: is police actually shooting into a building through windows. Um, yeah, I, w- I was quite shocked at that. But but generally in protest, there is what feels like excessive force. I think the police from their side is perhaps they say they you know they feel scared and under threat from the community, and so they have to show sort of show a high level of force. But but being there, it does does feel excessive. It feels scary. And the thing that I noticed that the people that were getting helped uh, by the ambulances, as you said, were actually old women mm-hmm. who were selling fat cook on the side of the road, couldn't move out of the way fast enough and just get in the line of fire with these bullets. And that's often what happens in terms of the police when they arrest people or protests. Because when, when the police try to come in and arrest people, you know, they come in then yala or whatever after people have been throwing stones or, you know, they're having skirmishes. And your young guys, you know, your fit guys, the ones who, who lead the protests, you know, they run. They're out of there too quickly <laughs> for the police or they're, they're, they're they're stronger and there's too many of them. Whereas your your older or middle-aged women, they're often the ones arrested or your old, you know, your elderly because they can't run away very quickly and they might just be standing around watching and all of a sudden you see a cop come up and grab them by the belt buckle and, you know, throw them into the van. And we saw that yesterday. I hung out at the police station all day while the while the Jeppe community um, protested, um, demanding those arrested to be released and almost all of them that came out were just middle-aged women. 20 arrests, close on 20 injuries from uh, Jeppe protest on Wednesday. It could have turned very ugly very quickly. Um, of course, there are a lot of businesses uh, in, in the Jeppistown region, uh, a lot of industrial businesses. There's a lot of, of stuff going on there. Uh, we're speaking to a spokesperson of the Jeppistown business community, JJ DeCastromaya. JJ, good morning to you. JJ, can you hear me? I think oh, we've lost JJ. Oh, no. There he is. There he is. Okay. JJ, you're, you're speaking on behalf of the Jeppistown business community. Um, yes. why, why are you guys uh, opposing these evictions? Um, 
Well, Andrew, we we obviously affected. We've um, been very saddened uh, over the last uh, couple of days with the events that have transpired. Um, we a lot of the businesses in Jeffy's Town have been there for many years, um, twenty, thirty, ten, five years, whatever it might be, and we're a community, uh, a very diverse community, and um, we're we're obviously affected by this and a lot of the businesses have had to shut down and um, the smaller businesses the smaller traders have been perhaps even looted or caught in the crossfire as you alluded to earlier so it's 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 not really sad but it has a direct effect on on us all and and we feel very threatened and and um and very disrupted and distressed how do you deal with the the jeppies hostel being in 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 the area it feels like a a beehive of activity often gets blamed for a, a lot of the problems in the area is there some kind of communication between uh, the jeppies uh, the jeppies town um, business community and and the hostel are people being employed uh, from the hostel what what's your sense of it um Again, you know, it's a, it's a situation that goes back many years, and for many years, a lot of the businesses in the area have operated alongside the Jeffy Town Hostel, and there are relationships, even on a personal level, between many of the businesses and the hostel. Um, I think our interpretation is that there's a lot of um, miscommunication, which you guys have spoken about, and there's deeper issues, um, which I've just been listening to your show, which I think you've touched on. Um, one of the big issues is is the role of city in the situation. Um, there's some there's some fundamental uh, deficiencies in in the area in terms of access to access to um, housing of of adequate nature, as well as unemployment and um, education in general. There's very little accessibility to education in the area as well. So there's a number of fundamental issues. Um, in the area that that kind of contribute to this this, this scenario, um, but I think that it's not a, it's not a clear answer. I think that the the hostels are very much part of the community, and um, I tend to agree with you. It's it's no good to just kind of blame the hostels for when things go wrong, or when they wish to be heard. Um, I think the I think there needs to be a greater understanding and acceptance of their voice and great inclusion as well. Very quickly, uh, JJ, we, we, we're packing them in here, unfortunately, because this is such a diverse, in, uh, in, you know, um, event. But, uh, you know, we heard from Lalilani, he's a community leader, about this this idea of um, Maboneng, and if Maboneng's not the problem this time, they still want to engage with them. Yeah. You know, Maboneng seems quite far away from the JP's hostel. Yeah. What is your sense about Maboneng's responsibility? Do they have a responsibility? Um, are they doing anything? I mean, mm. I know you 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 don't have ties to them, but but from what you see, being in the area, is it is it their responsibility? Um, so, Andrew, I think this is one of the central issues to this whole event, and it's something that us as the business community has tried to focus on. Because what we realized quite early was that there was a lot of misinformation and a lot of confusion. As, as, um, as, as Greg mentioned earlier, one of the eviction notices was in fact by a, a company, EGC Properties, um, which is actually connected to Dryden Construction, which is a construction company in Gauteng. And they've really come in, I think, quite irresponsibly and, and recklessly with no 
absolutely no kind of uh, basis in the area. They, 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 they've never been operating in Jeppe's Town. Um, and they've come in and they've served this notice. And, and, and this is really an issue because what, what's happening, what we've seen happen with, with the Mabuneng situation is that any developer now or anyone buying a building becomes Mabuneng, becomes a target, gets lumped into something to aim at. And this is really destructive. It's really destructive because um, people doing good work in the area, for example, employers, people creating jobs, are now antagonized and, and kind of stifled to do their work and employ people and create housing opportunities, create education opportunities. So um, I think the, the whole Mabuneng thing is a result of what Lalali has already spoken about, a lot of miscommunication. And again, I think, I think that the city has a role, as Greg said, said it's, it's a bit... It's a bit ironic that one of the respondents was the city of Johannesburg, yet they had no knowledge of it. And and for this reason, and um, for this reason, the Jeppistown business community has said we're going to intervene. We're going to oppose any eviction in Jeppistown. Um, it's not the solution. We we're going to 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 unite and um, support the community members facing any kind of eviction. We're consulting our legal resources as we speak um, to, to, to get behind uh, any of those being faced with, with an eviction. And uh, I think that the, the, the Mabuneng thing really needs to be cleared up. And the real perpetrators and the real kind of irresponsible um, activities of coming in and into an area not appreciating its dynamics and then just evicting everyone en masse is is absolute chaos and they haven't been held accountable and I think that that's very sad that another unrelated entity in this case Mabuneng has been lynched with, with the responsibility yet it's this EGC properties and who's connected to driving construction who's actually done this now, very, um, very, and they're nowhere to be seen very quickly uh, JJ last thing from, from my side does the community know that, that you are actually partaking on this how have you engaged with them I mean you're effectively you know, fighting their cause do they know that they have someone on their side um, as you know the business community I think was um, woke up on Wednesday um, almost overnight to, to a situation that had escalated as I mentioned before, a lot of the businesses have uh, personal relationships with various uh, members in the community, including the hostel. And um, th- those existed prior. What's happened now is that we've had to mobilize ourselves to intervene. And we're really looking forward to actually engaging with Lalali um, and letting him know that um, the community has an ally in the business community of JP's town and that we will get behind him uh, to defend to defend against these evictions, um, we do not support them at all. We don't see them as a solution. And we also feel that we need to intervene to provide real information. For example, who is actually behind these evictions and that they don't have any any concern or sensitivity to Jeppistown and they must be stopped. And, and um, I think that's something that we now are going to work very hard on to disseminate to, to community leaders We've, we've set up a number of meetings um, from the CPF. We've contacted um, Surrey, a, a social rights uh, legal group, um, to, to assist us as well. And we're going to let members like Lalali know that we're there 
to support them. We're there to help, and we're also there um, to, to take the full legal process of opposing these evictions. JJ, thank you so much for speaking to us today uh, about these evictions and about what uh, the JP's town business community is going to be doing about it. It seems like they're getting behind the community and opposing the evictions and are taking it to court. Uh, Greg, really interesting. We're running out of time here. Just a quick, uh, you know, summation, I suppose. We need to, uh, we're trying to get the EGC uh, people for comment. Uh, regarding regarding these properties, they seem to be avoiding us. Uh, but very quickly, in summation, so so that, you know, when you're listening to this, you actually know what's going on. What is the what is the takeout from this? You know, are we just going to see this on the 24th blow up again? I think the takeout has to be two things. Um, first of all, I think like JJ was saying, as as new development happens um, in on on a, on a sort of small scale level in in specific communities. Developers and local businesses going into those communities must make sure they consult um, the residents who are pre- already there, as well as as make sure they they focus on on up- upliftment. You can't just go go into a community and not provide any jobs and not consult and, and anything like that. You will breed animosity, because because if you're going into a rundown area, the people in that area will obviously already feel feel aggrieved just by seeing the more wealthy move into an area sort of like Mamoning. The second thing I think has to be on a on a larger scale from the city. The city has to make sure that we have a policy and we follow that policy of inclusive development. Everybody wants to see Johannesburg improve, but nobody wants to see it improve without um, or, or, or causing further marginalization than there already is. It's a, it's a crazy issue and it's definitely not going to be solved today. I, I hope that we've got given some insight into the eviction status and, and a little bit about protests and what, what goes down. Uh, it was a, an, an incredibly interesting uh, you know, feeling being involved in that and getting shot at by the police by rubber bullets. You hear it on the news all the time. When you actually get shot, it is a completely different story. I still have the rubber bullet in my pocket. Here it is. I'm showing it to Greg. He actually right now. does. I got it. I got it. Um, if anyone wants to know what it looks like, it looks like a. a a typical sized um, paintball is exactly the way you said it. This looks like a little paintball bullet, but let me tell you, it hurts like hell. Um, if you want to hear more about uh, this, continue to follow the story on uh, Twitter. We'll be updating. Greg Nicholson is a Daily Maverick reporter. At Greg Nicholson is his Twitter handle. You can also listen to the podcast to hear what is going on with the Jeppies protest. Something tells me uh, we are not at the end of the story just yet. Twenty fourth is when the evictions happen, so look out for for more from that area. We did try get. EGC and Drayden uh, Construction uh, a, a right of reply. They they unfortunately chose not to reply. So we'll be trying to get to them in the next couple of days as well. But as for us, we're out of here. It is 10 o'clock. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. CliffCentral.com continues with the sex show up next. And then later on, Casper de Bufris will be taking over. Oh man, there are just so many crazy people outside waiting to get in here. Have yourself a lovely day. Here's a little bit of Alt-J. Run away, but hold her down with soggy clothes and breeze blocks. Sidrazine, your fever's with me again. Never kisses, or do you ever send our full stop?